Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. Today is day 841 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. The past several months on Wednesdays, we have been focusing on interpreting current events through a biblical worldview. To establish a biblical worldview, it is important that you also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset of the culture or the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of God's Word, we are investing the next several months on Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. And he has compiled all these essays into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. There were some practices during the Old Testament time frame and culture that are just so difficult for us to understand today. As we continue to explore the Old Testament, our topic today is one such situation. Many preachers and Bible scholars avoid such passages, but we will look at one today in our essay titled, The Tale of Courage That We Never Teach. Moses' encounter with God in Exodus chapter 4 verses 21 through 26 is arguably one of the strangest and most confusing events recorded in the Bible. In this passage, Moses is heading back to Egypt, seemingly following God's call to deliver the Israelites from Pharaoh's vice-like grip. Then something shocking happens, and let's read this passage. And the Lord told Moses, When you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to do. But I will harden his heart, so he will refuse to let the people go. Then you will tell him, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. I commanded you, let my son go so he can worship me. But since you have refused, I will now kill your firstborn son. On the way to Egypt, at the place where Moses and his family stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. But Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She touched his feet with the foreskin and said, Now you are a bridegroom of blood to me. When she said a bridegroom of blood, she was referring to the circumcision. After that, the Lord left him alone. This passage is not only difficult and confusing, but raises numerous questions. Why would God want to kill Moses right after calling him to deliver Israel? In addition to this theological conundrum, there are other uncertainties. We are startled and confused when Sipporah, Moses' wife, as we read in Exodus chapter 2, verse 21, deals with the threat by immediately circumcising her son, Gershom, and touching the foreskin to Moses' feet. What does this mean? And why would this action pacify God's wrath? Well, we want to look at a section called Doing the Wrong Thing, Moses' Negligence. If we look at the original Hebrew text in this passage, we would notice that the name Moses does not actually appear in the phrase translated, touched Moses' feet. The text literally reads, touched his feet. Consequently, Sipporah could have taken the foreskin and touched either Moses or Gershom, which would affect our interpretation of this passage. However, since Moses was the main character in the wider context, it seems logical to conclude that God was angry with Moses and not Gershom. Why was God angry? We can infer the answer from two considerations. The difference between the Egyptian circumcision and that prescribed by the Abrahamic covenant as found in Joshua chapter 5 verse 2 through 9 and also in Genesis 17 and the circumcision of Moses' birth and childhood as we look at in Exodus chapter 1 and 2. 
Circumcision was practiced in Egypt, but the Egyptian circumcision did not remove the foreskin. Instead, the foreskin was split. Any Israelite born in Egypt who was circumcised in this way would not have been in accordance with God's covenant. Since Joshua chapter 5 verse 2 says some of the Israelites men had to be circumcised a second time, we can infer that something was unacceptable with the Egyptian circumcision. Therefore, the ceremony in Joshua 5 would be a second circumcision for some of the men, but the first circumcision for those males born in the wilderness. Joshua chapter 5 verse 4. Circumcision was not only a sign for the Israelite men, but also for women who need to be certain that they were marrying Israelites and not men who worshipped other gods. Every married Israelite man was the bridegroom of blood, a man who had undergone the blood ritual of circumcision. Since the other Israelites' men were circumcised prior to the consequence of Gilgal, as we read in Joshua chapter 5, verse 2, some for a second time, we can reasonably assume that Moses had never been circumcised or he was circumcised according to the Egyptian custom. If he had been marked by Hebrew circumcision at birth, he would have likely been in danger in Pharaoh's household. God's anger at Moses in Exodus chapter 4 is apparently due to Moses' neglect in obeying God's covenant ritual as a free man in Midian after he had fled Egypt. Exodus informs us that the Midianites knew the God of Sinai and practiced the Hebrew circumcision. Zipporah knew how to perform the ritual, as we are told in Exodus chapter 4 verse 25, since God chose Moses as his representative to deliver Israel, Moses' laxity and covenant obedience became an issue. And next we want to look at a section called Doing the Right Thing, Sephora's Courage. What about the meaning of touching the foreskin to the feet? This was not part of the normal circumcision ritual. However, the Hebrew word translated feet, which is the noun regal, is also used as a euphemism for genitalia or genital function, including sexual exposure. And some of the passages you can look up for that are Judges chapter 3, verse 24, 1 Samuel 24, verse 3, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 25, and Ruth chapter 3, verses 4 and 7. The phrase in Exodus chapter 4, verse 25 makes sense only if Zipporah circumcised her son Gershom and then symbolically transferred that circumcision to Moses by taking the foreskin and, and touching Moses' genitals. Performing this rite was not only prudent, but courageous. Circumcision in Israel was performed only by religious duty and only by men. Moses had neglected this ritual, and now he, Zipporah, and little Gershom were already on the road back to Egypt. A circumcision for Moses at this time would make him unable to travel. So Zipporah performed the ritual on Gershom and symbolically on Moses. Her deed was unprecedented and necessary. Zipporah acted in faith, and God relented. She saved Moses' life and also atoned for his negligence. Moses was now the proper bridegroom of blood. But why isn't this type of passage preached very often? We shouldn't shy away from these difficult passages in Scripture. By exploring the context of this passage, we understand that God's anger is not capricious or unreasonable. This odd episode also represents us with several lessons. We must not neglect to do what God requires. Had Moses been obedient to the covenant ritual of circumcision after leaving Egypt, his life and his role as God's servant would not have been in danger. We also need the courage to do what is right, even if it seems out of place at times. Failure in any of these regards will create obstacles to God's desiring to use us for His glory. Well, that'll wrap up our essay for today. 
Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue with Moses as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, Counting the Ten Commandments. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build a biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute wisdom nugget that will provide you with a bit of wisdom that, if followed, will allow you to grow healthier, wealthier, and wiser each day. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. That will finish our trek for today. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 840 treks or read the Wisdom Journal, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts and Google Play so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.